Hi, welcome to Are We There Yet? Not Yet. I'm your host, Nadia Marina. This is episode three, and I am so excited to bring you this episode. Amy Schlorb is our guest, and she is amazing. Um, she's just a boss-ass bitch, man. She does everything. And I wanted to let you guys know that we do kind of dive into some dark topics. Both of us experience miscarriages, so we talk about how that went for us in the grieving process, and it does get quite detailed. So if you're not in a place where you're ready to hear about our experiences, then maybe this episode isn't for you quite yet. But when you are in a good space, I encourage you to go back and and give a listen and see how just two women out of many have dealt with it. Uh, we did experience some difficulties at the end. Um, I might cut out, so this episode is cut a little bit shorter than what it would have been. So we didn't get to hear her kids' favorite things that are going on right now. But during the episode, she does talk a whole lot about him, so you get a good sense of what a great little kid he is. And I think that you guys are really going to love this episode. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to Are We There Yet? Not Yet. I am your host, Nadia Marina, and I am here with Amy Schlerb. Schlerb. I actually didn't know how to pronounce your last name until you said that. Is that why you made me say it? Uh, Yes. (laughs) But I learned that trick because I didn't know how to say birth last name either. But yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. It's a good trick. It really is. Tell me about yourself. Uh, my name is Amy Schlurb. I am an actress and I'm a mom. Why yeah, else would you be here? Why else, why else would I be here? Yeah, I Amy, have a child. Uh, Amy and I met at a reading of mm-hmm. actually two readings. Yeah. It's always interesting when I go into places and then I just never know who is a mom or a dad anymore. Yeah. yeah. Like I feel like we're at that age where it's like you could have three kids or you could have no kids. Yeah. And I don't ever want to just go up to people and be like, hey, do you have do kids? Do you want to be on my <laughs> podcast so I think I just overheard you talking to somebody yeah, about your probably. kids and I was like I want to talk to her so yeah that was well, cool thank you I was and I'm always excited to be on podcasts it's yeah, fun it is fun I like listening to them so I like recording them too awesome <laughs> deal so tell me about your offspring how old is he uh he is three years old okay he is a male uh, <laughs> so far. So far. So yes, far. Yes. He he has gotten, he came home from daycare the other day and he really wanted a dress. And I was like, All right. cool. All right. So we ordered some a couple of dresses online Aww, and that. he started, put, he wants to put those on and he likes wearing them with shorts. And I, I mean, I, you know, I was just curious. I was asking him like, well, why do you, why do you want a dress? And he said, well, some of the girls that take care of dresses and they spin. So I was like, Aww. that makes sense. I get that, dude. Me too. Yeah. So, you know, they're they're light. They're cool. He puts them on and he kind of, you know, parades around a little bit. Oh, it's very that. cute. I love it's that. It's very cute. How does your husband react to it? It's funny. We didn't really talk about it at first. Uh-huh. I kind of was like, well, we're going to do this. Because for him at three, it's an exploration, I think, of mm-hmm. different types of clothing. And there is no gender of clothing for him at that point. Like, yeah. he doesn't know that, like, oh, well, traditionally in our American culture, girls wear dresses boys wear pants shorts you know that kind of stuff and so I was like well we're I I think this is an important thing to just let him explore explore on his own and figure out by himself and also we live in southern California Los Angeles like of any places he's not gonna immediately run into someone who's like that's awful why are you doing that yeah what I what I worry about because I completely agree with you Mm -hmm. with like I mean Sienna was funny she was like no dresses at all and now she's like she was for a period like solidly only dresses and now it's a little bit of a mix but what I worry about is not the Southern California community but I worry about my parents and my family community which even though they are democratic but slightly lean progressive Mm -hmm. there are certain things that are just ingrained in them sure and so it's like even with elio with his hair being the way it is which i'm Mm -hmm. not sure if you've seen photos i don't i might have seen a little on your instagram but six months and he has a full head of hair Uh and he 
probably would be like the youngest baby to ever get a haircut. Like, because yeah. his hair is like almost mullet status and oh, okay. he's six nice. months. And I don't want to cut his hair because yeah. I kind of also feel like, well, I'm going to let him rock yeah. a man bun for as yeah. long as I want him to until he starts taking agency of his own appearance and says, I want a haircut. But I do worry a little bit about like, I don't know, family saying things yeah. that are gender specific. Because I see yeah. it happen with Sienna, particularly with my dad, who's just of a different generation mm-hmm. where he's like, don't play with that truck. Where's your baby doll? Yeah. And it's like, she has a baby doll, but she also has trucks, trucks. and yeah. she loves to play with them equally. And yeah. right now she wants to play with the car. Yeah. So back the off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm very fortunate. My family is not very, like they're, they're fine with any of that kind of stuff. My mm-hmm. dad and uh, my stepmom actually came out right after we had gotten a couple of these dresses and Hollison wanted to wear them. And my dad was there and it was sort of, I think he didn't want to say anything. And also he, I mean, he knows enough about current political climate and, you know, (laughs) what goes on in the world anyway and like how kids basically need to express themselves in various different ways. My mom actually taught preschool for 20 years. He knows about that kind of stuff. He was around that. Mm -hmm. So he understands, you know, kids and exploration and, and things like that. I think if anything, he might have just been like, oh, you know, we're, we're wearing a dress. So, okay, cool. You know, like, that's what we're doing. There's something about, like, I, I don't know if it's Latino culture, if it's just a culture of my family. Sure. Where it's like, we all give each other a hard time. Yeah. And if you set boundaries, they will just go over those boundaries because they think oh, okay. that you're, like, joking. Yeah. And the thing is, is that if they joke with you, they love you. If they yeah. leave you alone, they don't. Oh, so okay. it is kind of the way that they show their love. Sure. But it can be hurtful, yeah. especially because it's almost like they don't take it seriously when you're like, no, can you please stop saying that? It hurts my feelings. Yeah. So I worry that if Elio is expressing himself in such a way, or Sienna is, mm-hmm. that they would poke fun to yeah. a point that would make them go, oh, I can't Yeah, and they may that. not understand yeah. teasing and and like making fun and of being yeah and te- and teasing in a lighthearted loving sort of way right. versus well every time I'm around Grandpa or something he says this and that is gonna even if it's meant in a loving way might then to Still a child you know be like oh I'm getting the messages that this is not okay you're totally. saying it's okay but but it's not what I'm really hearing underneath your words is that you're not okay with this yeah so yeah that that's the kind of stuff I would worry about too yeah all those worries as a parent I'm like I don't want my children to be scarred the way I yeah, was scarred exactly. well and like I talked to my friends about it when it first came up and I was like well do I tell him that like traditionally girls wear dresses and yeah. Yeah. boys wear pants or or shorts or or do I just let and like that somebody might say something at some point like some older kid on the playground might be like why are you wearing a dress you're a boy but then my friend who is a developmental therapist I ended up saving her text message because it was so well worded that basically some I think her point was to wait until if somebody were to say something okay that then it would be well you know some adults are silly and they don't understand that I'm going to get this all wrong because I haven't looked at this text (laughs) message in a long time but that you know some adults just don't understand that people can wear whatever they want to and that it doesn't mean anything and that if you choose to wear a dress that's your choice and that's what you want to wear because that's what you feel comfortable in and that's how you want to that's what you want to wear and some adults are silly and they're not comfortable with that and they say things that are mean and hurtful and And, but some kids do too I feel like sure sure worse yes so like if yeah you can substitute the word kid yeah yeah, it's a kid who says it instead but yeah that like you know some people are silly and they don't understand and because the overall life lesson that you get out of it is you be you and the world might judge you at times regardless of if you're wearing a dress or if you're deciding to put yourself out there in some other way or whatever you're doing you be you you find the people who support you and love you and you then have to navigate and deal with people who may see things differently just like an overall message of acceptance and love and some people might say things that are unkind that's not what we do we don't say things that are unkind to other people and we or we try not to if if it happens by accident, you know, maybe, I don't know. But make it better. Make it better, yeah. Yeah, find that's a way what to I tell Sienna. Yeah. Like, if she does something to hurt somebody, I try to encourage her to find ways that she could make it better. Ask yeah. them if they're okay, if there's yeah. anything she could do yeah. that they want her to do that. to make yeah. it better. Empathy and sympathy. Yeah. yeah. I still just have so much anxiety about how I would navigate 
that because I think that I also would wait until somebody says something. Yeah. But I also worry about their shame not letting me know that something was said. Right. So like the parents who didn't realize that their kids were being bullied. Yeah. You know, so that also is an anxiety that I Yeah. Oh, I know. Lots of them. Oh, same here. (laughs) Same here. I think all parents have a lot of anxieties when it comes to doing this. We're all kind of winging it. Like there, I mean, there's tons of parenting books and you can get it. But I think also just as artists like we're exceptionally aware of our emotions Mm -hmm. and how things Mm -hmm. affect us and impact us because we work so hard to be open and vulnerable yeah so when something comes out at us it is awful and devastating and then I have to remind myself that my children might not be as sensitive as I am and they actually might handle things better than I do Mm -hmm. so I need to figure out when to take their lead Mm -hmm. and like when to lead them Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So you were acting before having yes. your son, right? Yes, yes, I was. How long were you in the business before? Uh, I came out here in 2006. Oh. September of 2006, so we're coming up on 13 years. But, you know, I'm right there to be an overnight success. Right oh. on that run, that happens. It's usually around, like, 10 to 15 years, I feel. And then you're like, oh, you're an overnight success. Oh, yes. Exactly. So true. This <laughs> newcomer. This girl is new nowhere. on the scene. Out of nowhere. Just off the a bus. A complete unknown. And then was... here she is. Oh, my gosh. Do you have a day yeah. job? Uh, I do not have a day I mean, being a mom. Okay. A stay-at-home stay mom, mom is, yeah, my, is my same. day job. I'm waiting for that story of, and she was at the park with her child and... <laughs> Steven Spielberg was there too and just noticed her yep. and like, like you're gonna be in Jaws 18 or something I don't know how many Jaws movies have they made at this I point? have I no idea know. yeah but yeah because uh, you know you hear those like waitressing stories I want to hear like a mom story yeah well it was interesting because my husband when when we got into this you know had the kid yeah. uh, we were talking about you know how this was going to change our lives and affect everything and he ended up saying that like well but the thing is that whenever I go into meetings with people my husband's a filmmaker producer producer, actor as well. Uh He said, whenever I go into meetings with people, it's all about story and connection. So like when you have a kid, you have more things to talk about and to connect with other people. Yes. I find it so robotic to have the same, like I'm with this agent now and I worked on this project and I went on this audition and it's just like, I don't care. Yeah. Tell me something of substance. Yeah. And when you have children, like, mm-hmm. they're the first thoughts. Mm-hmm. So when people are like, hey, how are you? I'm just like, my kids are driving me nuts. Or <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm amazing because my kid rolled over today for yeah. the first time. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. I was playing pretend with my son, and it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm the worst at playing pretend. I'm an really? actor, and I'm awful at it. I love it. We've just gotten to that stage, and are, or, like, yeah, very recently. He's two? He's three. Three. Uh, okay. And, like, he'll, you know, he'll be like, Mama, you be Nick and Sarah. Allie, and I will be the cat in the hat and we're Aww. gonna go to the we're gonna go and learn this thing or whatever this and then at one point he put the there I don't know if you know the show at all but there's there's a little fish bowl with the fish yeah. in it uh-huh. and it, he put it down someplace and then I like happened to by accident step on that area and he was like oh no mama you stepped on the fish we have to go get a new fish tank see <laughs> it's like this is the greatest thing in the world you know what blows my mind <laughs> is that like okay acting is like so crazy for some people. People are like, you're an actor? What? That's crazy. How could you do that? But it really is the most natural natural thing. thing. Every child does imaginary play. And Sienna does it. Every child that I know does it. And I was, I'm not sure if it was on the episode with Elena or not because we're personal friends. Sure. But I was telling her, she, oh, because she is queen of imaginary play. Yeah. Like she will play ice cream, parlor, scoop in all day, whatever. Yep. So we were doing that in her living room and she gave Sienna some ice cream to give to me and I felt so weird. I had to actually put the ice cream down and then in my (laughs) head I had to make the choice that it was like ice cream in a cup instead of in a cone because if it's in a cone you can't put it down until you finish it. So, like, my space work was giving me, like, this, like, limit. So, like, I I have like, to, like, tend to Elio, but I have an ice cream cone in my hand. Oh what my do goodness. I do? So, how long so were funny. you and your husband together before you had him? We actually, we're uh, an interesting Hollywood couple because Ooh. we had, not that interesting. Uh, but we had, a, we had a take, what we call, because we're both actors, a take one and a take two of our relationship. Oh. Uh, our take one was for, a, we were together for about 
six months, I want to say. Less, probably, maybe three or four months. But it was right after my mother had passed away. And this was back in 2008. And I was, I ended up texting and being like, I am, I I can't do anything right. Like, I can't be in a relationship with somebody right now because my entire world has completely crumbled and I don't know who I am. So I I can't do this. Yeah. Uh, And he totally understood and we remained friends. And then about two years later, two or three years later, I ended up helping a film shoot of his with a location that at the time was overseen by my theater company that I'm no longer a part of. But so I got them all hooked up together and then like we were hanging out on set and it's really fun and all this stuff. And then we were talking more and then one thing led to another and (laughs) then uh, New Year's Eve at midnight on in 2011, I think it was that we we kissed at midnight. And the rest is history. Aww. It was it was very. Cute. Wait, so how uh, long before you had Hollis? Uh, Hollison was born um, in uh, 2016. Wow. Okay. Thanks. Good job. Good job, Amy. All the time. You got to remember the these things. And now I have two to keep track of. I'm I know, like right? I don't even know. Yeah. But we we were we got married in 2014 January, and mm-hmm. then I ended up getting pregnant in like mid 2015 and then had Hollison in St. Patrick's Day 2016. How did you guys decide to have Hollison? Uh, we both knew going into our relationship that we wanted to, that sounds so formal, uh, but we both knew we wanted to have kids. But did you like have a discussion about like the timing and all that um, stuff with your guys' <clears throat> like careers? Yeah, a little bit. I think mostly it was that we wanted to have at least a solid year established of our marriage so we waited a year we got married in january so we on in the january of that year we pulled the goalie so to speak uh and then it means you go off birth control the goalie pulled the goalie i've never heard of that and then you got to get the puck in or the soccer ball in or whatever the you know water polo spiking i don't know something like that but i've never heard of that term before it's amazing oh yeah no No. that's my i'm gonna use that from now on we pulled the goalie and then we just decided to see what happened and you know the doctors say that it can take a couple of months to and then certainly that was the case I think I had yeah I had one very very early miscarriage that if you weren't trying to track and trying to like take early pregnancy tests and stuff, mm-hmm. I might have even just missed and just been like, oh, I'm a couple of days late. Like, right. all right, whatever. How did that affect you? I was actually, for how early it was, it, how early really, was it? it was like four and oh. a half weeks or okay. something or five weeks maybe. Uh-huh. But for how early it was, like it just goes to show you that chemicals and hormones are totally real things because I was devastated. Like, I was sobbing on the couch. I had gotten up early, and I realized that I had started my period, and I went downstairs and just lay on the couch sobbing. And, like, he came down later and was like, what's going on? And I was like, I don't think we're pregnant anymore. And it was like, Uh, but we didn't really know because we were still so new to all of this. And so we went, we ended up going into the doctor. How long had you been trying before this happened? I think I'd probably been through, like, two cycles or maybe three cycles. Like, not long at all. Okay. But, yeah, because then you you're kind of thinking about that, like, oh, it could happen. And like, now we all have those apps that are like, well, when you had your last period, this is probably when you're ovulating. And so like, we almost know too much and we have too much information and you can take the tests that are like, we can predict the hormone five days earlier. So you kind of can drive yourself nuts over this stuff. Completely. And I ended up, I had gotten a really, really faint line on, I think like a Sunday or something when I thought I was supposed to start my period. And I was like, I think we're pregnant. It says it, or no, I'd taken one of the ones the digital ones that says like how many weeks and I oh. got in the faint line and then I took the one that said how many weeks Whoa, like or like how many had those it, you can drive yourself nuts I did the dollar um, store ones yeah the second time around yeah well the first time around I did the fancy $14 ones all you need to I do. did the yeah. dollar store ones no, after no. that yeah <laughs> you, like, you learn yeah. you learn fast but the, like it said like one to two weeks or something and I was like oh that's right on track like that's so amazing that this is so cool like oh we're looking at like January like that's so cool and then yeah I got my period and then looked it up later online that you know it's a chemical pregnancy I, I think was what it ended up yeah. being that basically like we're getting together but this isn't gonna work out right so we're gonna move along yeah uh, I had a miscarriage at nine weeks in between oh. CNN and LEO and it's not like we were like actively trying we were not tracking 
lacking anything. Yeah. We had just pulled the goalie. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Good job. But, I mean, we weren't even, like, trying. I mm-hmm. mean, when you have a child as young as Sienna was, I think she was, like, barely going to be a year or something. Yeah. And we had just talked about maybe considering it. Yeah. And timing it out and yeah. what we would want that timing to be. Right. And then we got pregnant. And then the age gap would have been 18 months. And I had anxiety about that. But I was like, well, it is what it is. And I wanted to keep the pregnancy. And yeah. I was like, it's a little earlier than I had wanted it to be. But it's happening. Yeah. And so I also have like terrible pregnancies. So as soon as as soon as I get pregnant, I get sick. So yeah. that's how I knew. It's, yeah. So that's how I knew because I was not peeing on a bunch of sticks. Yeah. You know. So went to the dollar store, got some tests, got a line and was like, okay. And so I made my first appointment. So I went to my first appointment, and the first appointment at Kaiser is to confirm your pregnancy, even though I've already confirmed it at home by having no period and by getting a positive test at home. They do the same exact fucking test at the doctor. Yeah. Only you have to pay for a fucking babysitter so you can go pee on a stick for a nurse. Yeah. So I did that. Did you blood stuff too or just the... No. So I did that and then they were like, it's a negative. And I was like, how can it be a negative if I got a positive at home? And I had taken a picture of mine and she was like, that's weird. Um, But it had been a couple days earlier. Mm -hmm. And she's like, that's weird. Well, let's do some blood tests. So then they ordered the blood test. We did the blood test, confirmed the pregnancy through the blood test. So they set up my first appointment for, it would be the nine-week appointment where they check the heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Because they don't check before eight weeks because it could be there, it could not be there because it's fickle at that point. And they don't want to alarm a mother, you know, unnecessarily. Yeah. So right before I was supposed to go, like the weekend before my appointment, my nine-week appointment, I started bleeding. And it was like a brownish bleeding, which I know can be from the implantation Mm -hmm. of the embryo or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I called my sister, who's a nurse, and she was like, well, you should just take it easy. That's probably what it is. And then it was more. And then I called my dad, who's a doctor, and he was like, one in four women bleed during their pregnancy. Yeah. So it could be fine. Yeah. I called the nurse line and they were like, you should go into the emergency room just to get checked out. I went into the emergency room. They took my blood. They did a pelvic exam with a a vaginal, what do you call that? Ultrasound. Ultrasound. Yep. They were so icy and so awful. Yeah. And the ultrasound technician kept telling me to go pee. And I was so uncomfortable and in so much pain because I was contracting. Yeah. And I kept trying. And then she would like do the ultrasound again. And it was so painful. And she was like, you're too full. You need to go pee again. And she would let my husband be by my side she kept him seated on the other side of the room behind a curtain and it was devastating and then after all of that trauma of bleeding and then I know enough about ultrasounds I saw it on there I knew in my head I knew but in my heart I wanted it to not be what it was so they send you home and then they tell you to come back in 24 hours to do another blood test to see if your HCG levels are going up yeah. or going down yeah. to confirm <clears throat> miscarriage. Yeah. And I had to go back into the urgent care to get that done. Mm-hmm. So I did and they confirmed it was going down and then they asked me if I wanted to wait to see if the fetus passed on its own, if my body would expel the fetus. Right. On its own, or if I wanted to schedule a DNC. And I didn't know what I wanted to do because I was in such shock. And then also all that guilt of like, I didn't really want it at that time. So did I make it not happen? Yeah. And which is not rational. It's not rational, but that's where we go. We go along. Absolutely. It was just, it was awful. And I remember my husband was trying to do something really nice for me. So he took me out to breakfast at um, Aroma Cafe. I love it. Yep. And then scheduled me. I don't even remember what it was that I had because it couldn't have been a bath at Spa La. Have you heard of it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So a spa service at Spa La, I don't remember what Mm -hmm. it was. Yeah. And I, we had breakfast and then I went over to Spa La and I had to go to the bathroom and I passed the fetus in their bathroom. And that was awful yeah because I didn't have an extra pad and I didn't have what do you do with it yeah so you have this like clump of tissue on your pad and you don't want to throw it away because you don't that feels awful you're throwing your baby away yeah and then I was like I could flush it but 
then that's it's not a goldfish. Yeah. Like, what do oh. I do? And I didn't want to, like, save it either. And I couldn't put my pad back on, but I was yeah. still bleeding a ton. Yeah. So I flushed it, and I threw the pad away. And yeah. then I told David that I just needed a new pad, but I didn't tell him what had happened. Yeah. And he went, and he got me ultralight panty <laughs> Men. <laughs> don't understand and I got my service oh. and just cried the whole time yeah and I don't think that people understand what I went through is what the majority of women go through oh, yeah. it's it is so common. it is so common and I was not a functioning human for a good amount of time after yeah. that and I didn't work in the industry no. I didn't put myself out there no. I didn't do anything no it was awful. I'm, I'm so sorry. I've done a lot of like healing and oh, but what I was the reason why I shared my story is because you brought up chemical pregnancy. And when I shared with my friends, especially in this mom group that I'm in, so many of them thought it was comforting to tell me that it was a chemical pregnancy. Oh, I don't know if nine all the way to nine weeks is a chemical. Well, I think that they were trying to be. They, they were trying to come. Up they with were trying term to come up with something, something, a story to tell you that that would make, make you me feel better. better. Yeah. So they were like, it was That's early. No. It was probably <clears throat> chemical nine pregnancy. In nine weeks is not early. It's, not. it's like more than more you're, than halfway to out of the danger almost, zone. Yeah. It's like there was probably a heartbeat because, like I said, at eight weeks, as early as eight weeks, but because I wanted the same OB as Sienna, I had to wait till nine weeks. And I was like, he's worth waiting for because I love him. Yeah. So I waited. And, oh, my God, I can't even imagine how devastated I would have felt if I had confirmed the heartbeat and had those pictures from the eight-week appointment. Mm Mm-hmm. It's awful. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw none of that. I went through none of that. You had a period. I went so early. I had yeah. a period and I was still devastated. Yeah. So I, I can't even imagine. And whenever I hear another woman's story, I'm first of all, I'm always so grateful for women who are willing to share. Yes. And I think it is something that needs to be talked about and that the more women share and, and say basically like, I went through this too. You're not alone. I went through this too. Yeah. And I, I don't like that, you know, we're supposed to keep it all secret no. until 12 weeks. And like, right. no. But I did with Elio. Well, because sure, I, I was so, I was so like traumatized <clears throat> from people being like, it was a chemical pregnancy. Everybody has miscarriages. Like, my family was trying to be very comforting and saying, like, so many women miscarry. Yeah. And it was like, okay, but it still hurts. Yeah, there needs to be that acknowledgement of your feelings, Yeah, I feel. That, like, to a certain extent, giving you any statistics or things like that to make you feel but like, this wasn't your fault. This was just a thing that happened. Right. It probably you know, had some up, syndrome on, or something. Something like, it was, it was all for the best, that kind of stuff. It's right. like, yeah, okay, that's great. But can we also take a moment to just Mourn the be loss. sad? And it's okay to just yeah. be sad and sit and be in those feelings for a little bit. And yeah. so many people are uncomfortable with big emotions and uncomfortable with feelings that everybody wants to make it okay for you. And make right. it okay that, you know, and make you fix your feelings and make you feel better. Right. And when really, like, you probably just needed that space to, to process. just be sad. And yeah. To just it's part of processing. Let and I it think, happen. I think people worry that, like, when people are having down feelings that they're wallowing versus processing. Yeah. So I think that that's also why. But I think that if I say anything that's like, please don't do this to your friends. Please don't negate their pregnancy. Yeah. No, no. matter how many weeks they are no. along. Never negate it. Yeah. It is still a pregnancy. Of course. And just acknowledge that it's devastating at any point yeah. in it. Yeah. And don't you don't have to feel like you have to fix them. Or no. make them feel better. Just be there for them. It's the same thing when I went through losing my mom. You can't fix me. You can't make it better. No. You really can't. But what you can do is say, I love you. I support you. What do you need? And, you know. That's it. Yeah. The people are like, I don't know what to say. It's like, good, because you can't say anything. Right. The whole I don't know what to say thing is like, okay, I don't need you to say anything. If you're going to be there for me, just physically be there. Yeah. Or for me, the way that I get when I'm really sad is I forget to eat. Yeah. I forget to take care of myself. So I just need somebody to go, hey, like with this miscarriage, it was like, 
I needed somebody to take Sienna and tell me to go take a shower. Yeah. Or just let me hold Sienna and make dinner. Yeah. And like, that's all I needed was just an extra pair of hands so that I could do the things that I needed to do to keep on processing in a healthy way. Right. So you, did you work during it or did you not work during it? During my pregnancy? During this whole process of like miscarriage uh, and then trying to get pregnant again. Like how was that for you? Well, so, so it only then, I was very fortunate because it only then took to the next cycle and I, I got pregnant. By July, Yeah, I was pregnant. I think it took me a long time to even be in a place where I could be sexually active again. Yeah. I have no idea how long it took after that, but it took a while, I want to say. Yeah. For me just to feel okay. Yeah. Professionally or in creatively, were you doing anything artistic? Um, at that time, I, or was your sole focus on getting pregnant? My sole focus was not on getting pregnant, but I, so I was still acting, I was still going to classes, doing all of the stuff that I do, going to auditions and things. And then I actually booked a job uh, when I was seven weeks along with Hollison wow. and felt really faint in my bathroom as I was getting ready to go to the fitting. And so I was like, oh, I don't feel, I don't trust myself to drive. And I had to drive all the way down to Santa Monica for this fitting. And I was like, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can do this. So I ended up taking a really expensive Uber (laughs) all the way down and then all the way back and, you know, got through the fitting fine and everything was, was fine and then got to set. And some of the earliest people that knew were the two women who were on set with me because I kind of, I was like, I feel like I should just have, actually one of them guessed. Because I was like, oh, I, I like had to take an Uber because I felt a little faint in my bathroom while I was, you know, I was, I was making some kind of joke. And they were like, what, are you pregnant? I was like, well, actually, <laughs> funny you should mention actually, that. Actually, yeah. And I think I must have like subconsciously brought it up to like try to find somebody to kind of keep an eye, not keep an eye on me totally, but like, you know, just to have yeah. an ally on set. And, and they both were super nice and were basically like, if you, like, if you, you don't have to tell anybody else, you can just look at me and be like, I need a like sit down I need to whatever. sit down or something and I will say that like oh I need blah 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 I'll make it about me it won't have to be about you like they were they totally had my back that's they were amazing the nicest women ever that's and, amazing but also yeah. don't you feel frustrated that like we are in an industry where we don't feel comfortable enough to say hey I need to take a break take a break or like the word pregnant in our industry is almost like a bad word yeah and also I've I've come a long way since then in terms of right. my ability to to, and I think becoming a parent is part of that. Yes, uh, absolutely. Your bullshit in, meter. Yeah, like, in terms of like standing up for myself yeah. for what I need and how things need. Because before I'd be like, oh, it's really hot out here, but I'm fine. I'm totally fine. Right. I don't need, you know, I don't need any more water. I can do 18 more takes <laughs> or whatever. You're like needing to please other people. Right. Whereas then you age up and you get other levels and you're, like, you're finally like, you know what? I, I am going to take care of me. I'm not going to do it in a mean sort of, you know, diva kind of way, but you know, oh yes, I w- I would like some water. That would be right. wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know that kind of, yeah. of stuff. But it was really nice to just have people that had really had my back. Yeah, for that. For that. Yeah. But everything was fine. Nothing like I never felt faint again. I was totally totally fine for the whole thing. I was sitting down on a bus, so it was really an easy shoot. Honestly, <laughs> they just kept driving us around in circles in downtown Los Angeles, okay. and it was. It was very fun. (laughs) (laughs) I think that, uh, yeah, I think your first pregnancy, you're just kind of learning. I mean, every pregnancy is different. And I know everybody says that, but truly it is. Oh, yeah. Um, But you're just like, oh, what is this feeling? I'm not sure if this is normal. Yeah. Am I supposed to feel this way or am I not supposed to feel this? Am I feeling a little <laughs> nauseous because we've been making left turns constantly? Or am right. I, is that the pregnancy? I'm not sure. I don't um, know. Do I need to eat something? But yeah. <laughs> and your husband, how did he handle the pregnancy? Because he's also creative. Uh, yes. Uh, he is also creative. Uh, he he handled it fine, I thought. Yeah. Uh, he was always excited whenever something like stereotypically pregnant woman would happen so like like I at about six or six or seven weeks probably we had a yard sale at a friend's house and like we you know we do the yard sale and then by the end of it I was hangry and (laughs) so like we go home and and I, I heated up like leftover ravioli but we were out of parmesan cheese did you cry I was devastated. Like, <laughs> like even just thinking about it, I am, I'm getting emotional. Uh, but I, like, literally, I was like, we don't, we don't have any Parmesan cheese. Oh, I can't, I don't want my ravioli without Parmesan cheese. I'm so sad. 
but I'm still going to eat it. And my husband like just comes over and he like, he sits with me and he goes, Oh, this is so exciting. Oh this God. is pregnancy. Oh <laughs> I was like, God. you fucker. Like, Did you want to I don't know for a No, no, yeah, you can pass uh, all you want. <laughs> Shit, damn. I was like, all of it. Yeah, I can't get away from me. Get away from me. And then, like, but then, like, my logical half was like, oh, he's being really sweet. Like, this is actually kind of really funny. It's a bonding moment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I had a ton of, like, pregnant moments other than, like, super anger, super fast. Okay. Uh, but yeah. I don't think I had any, like, cravings or anything crazy. I didn't have any cravings really either. I, yeah. what I came to figure out really, really early on was anything where I was like, oh, that sounds really good to eat right now. What I was probably technically a craving. But I also was like, that probably, if I'm crave, if I'm thinking about like a hamburger, that probably means I need iron. Right. Or like, if I'm thinking about this, that probably right. means I need, like, I kind of leaned into the idea of intuitive eating. Yes. And, and then I've like kind of carried it, you know, into the rest of my life after yeah. having, having the baby. And it's been really good. Cause I'm like, oh, I, I probably, I probably just need that nutrient. My body knows what I need. Right. Yeah. It does. It does. And it mm-hmm. really comes out during pregnancy. Oh yeah. I had a lot of aversions. Really? So with Sienna, I love eggs. I eat eggs like okay. every morning. Yeah. yeah. And David makes, like, these really beautiful scrambles. And mm-hmm. remember, he made me, like, a great, like, garden scramble. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> and I yeah. could not eat it. Yeah. And then that night, he had made another beautiful dinner and served me a glass of wine. And I love wine. Yeah. Like, love, love, love wine. I yeah. come from Lodi, California, where yeah. it's, like, all oh, yeah. wine. Yeah. Served me a glass of wine like we do every night. And I was like, I can't drink this. Yeah. This is gross. Yeah. I can't eat this food. I think it was like some sort of eggplant saute thing. And I love yeah. eggplant. Yeah. And I love this. It, it was like one of my favorite yeah. dinners. Yeah. And I was like, I can't. Yeah. I can't eat it. And I was like, I wonder if there's something wrong with me. Not necessarily. Nope, Your body just, just knows. Just yeah. pregnant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and like what was interesting was once, you know, once I knew I was pregnant, at one point my husband's dad came into town and he loves wine. And so like we ended up going to this wine tasting and of course I'm not drinking. I'm mm-hmm. dr- They had tea also. So like I was having tea, but I would smell their wine. I was like, oh, let me smell this. And I was like, you know, what's interesting. It doesn't smell appealing to me yeah. while pregnant. It yes. just smells like alcohol. Mm-hmm. It does. I don't get... Hints of juniper and yes. elderberry and I don't know foxglove or whatever the things are that you get. The, none of those ball. things, you know. Yeah, I don't Rubber get musty hose. cigar and uh, you know dank mousse or something for wine. I'm never going to be able to write notes about wine. No, me either. No, it didn't smell good to me. It, it is, just it is, smelled like like almost like rubbing alcohol. I was like, oh, it's this must so... be an interesting thing that your body does. Yeah. People are like, I don't know if I could handle giving up whatever, giving up whatever. Oh, you're fine. And it's not that you're giving that up. It's just that your body doesn't literally want doesn't want it, yeah. so you don't want it yeah. either. It's yeah. so interesting. Well, like, my doctor was super lax about a lot of stuff, and so he w- he was like... You can, I mean, you can have sushi, you yep, can mine have too. cheese, but I didn't want sushi. Oh, that's all I wanted. I it's didn't Elio. want, I, for some reason, I think my brain was like, I, I shouldn't. And so then I didn't really want it. Although there actually, there were times when I really did, but because I was like, well, I should stay away from it. I just didn't. Yeah. With Sienna, I, once I could eat, I couldn't eat for like the first four months. Ugh. Then once I could eat, all I wanted were like heavy breads mm-hmm. and I wanted sub sandwiches, which you're not supposed to have deli meat. Yeah. yeah. So I would get it from Subway and I would have them toast it. Yeah. And so I was like, that kills all the bacteria. It's there you fine. go. There you go. <laughs> so I, yeah. Subway every day with Sienna. And then with Elio, again, I felt so sick. But with yeah. with Sienna, what was different is that I was nauseated the whole time and could never throw up, really. And with Elio, I threw up all the time. Yeah. And all I wanted was, like, light stuff. Yeah. I didn't want bread. I didn't want meat. And I didn't want anything hot. I didn't want hot foods. Yeah. So I wanted sushi. I wanted ceviche. Cool. I wanted yeah. spicy. Yeah. So interesting. And my OB, who's usually very laxed and, like, just make good choices. Yeah. He was like, maybe you shouldn't eat solely sushi and ceviche. Yeah. Maybe you should try eating some other things, too. Yeah. And I was like, okay, fine. Balance it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, it's probably not 
that good. But yeah, he was super cool. So when you were pregnant, did you audition as well? Uh, I did. Not as much as I thought I was going to. Me either. Because I thought for some reason I was like, oh, this is going to be the thing that unlocks my career. (laughs) Like getting pregnant. I even made a postcard at one point being like, would you like to cast a real pregnant belly? Like here it is. It's for a limited time only offer. Like that kind of thing. It It was funny. But like, yeah, I think I had like one like pregnant woman audition and maybe a couple of commercial auditions that like, well, it could be either way or like try to hide it because they doesn't really, right. not really part of the whole thing. But I had booked that one commercial super early on, but then like nobody really knows and you're not showing at all. Right. Um, so I had that. Yeah, I didn't, I, th- I totally thought this me is going to be like a thing to be like, I was like, oh, here's some marketability for me. This is cool. Right. And it didn't. Because it takes you out of the average yeah, white different. girl, whatever, and yeah. then puts you in a smaller pool of casting exactly. and you're like, oh, for sure this yeah. is going to happen. And nope. Not you know all. what I found with pregnant women casting is that they get less specific. Really? For regular casting, it's like, oh, they're clearly casting a Latina, a white person, a black mm-hmm. person, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. When they're casting real pregnant women, they're casting real pregnant women. So it could yeah, be anybody. anybody. Yeah. So I walk into a room and it is a rainbow of colors, yeah. which I love. Yeah. But also, that didn't narrow down my casting pool. No, no. <laughs> they were like, oh, well, we just have to get every pregnant woman yes. in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Instead of just being like, oh, pregnant Latina mom types. Yeah. That's well, me. We can and only like, find four of those people. So let's yeah. find. Yeah. So, and I'm like, <laughs> one in four chances for yeah. me are great. Yeah, we love those odds. But like of one course. in 300, not no. so great. Can no. you just, I actually reconnected with one of my friends at a commercial casting and she is redhead, mm-hmm. curly hair, from New York, completely different casting mm-hmm. than I am. Mm-hmm. And we were both seven months pregnant. We we're yep. going in for the same thing. Yeah. Like, yep. Because they don't care. They just want pregnant women. Yeah, just pregnant. We're yeah. all the same. We are all the same. It's true. <laughs> But we all carry so differently. I so, know. Like, I, but that's, Hollywood thinks it's all. Oh, yeah. completely. Yeah. And then they most of the time end up casting somebody who's not pregnant and just putting just a belly, putting on, a belly on it. Yep. And I'm like, perfect. Thanks for wasting my fucking time, dude. <laughs> yeah. Especially when I was pregnant. When oh, I was pregnant yeah. with Elio. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, really? Yeah. Really. Uh, Luckily, I didn't have so many of those auditions. Yeah. We had family auditions. Okay. Where David had to come to a couple mm-hmm. of times, but that was it. So, okay, does your husband audition as real father and son as well? Uh, so we don't do the real mom oh, and right. son. We don't do, uh, uh-huh. we do real couple. Okay. We're on as real couple. I figured out very early on that my son's personality is not the type to do this. He's very observant and very like reserved like and I, I could kind of tell that early on and I think I was people were kept being like he's so cute you gotta get because they say I mean all babies are really yeah. cute but like there's like oh you gotta get him with your agent you gotta like do all this stuff and I was like okay yeah and I just kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off until clearly I, I didn't actually want to do it right um and then we got to the point where like we just this I think this January we filmed a little something that my husband was working on. It was like a sizzle reel for uh, a reality show about food and kids and getting kids to make healthy choices and cooking with kids and things. We ended up being the test family for it. So we had him in this and it was literally just my husband running one camera and another guy running another camera. And every so often, Hollison would just burst into tears. Like it was, that was too much. And it was all filmed at our house. So like, I don't even want to think about what would have happened, how it would have been on set with like everybody. And like now you have to do, you have to eat the candy and smile, kid. And that (laughs) kind of, and also I was really worried. Everybody told me this wouldn't happen, but I was really worried that the people pleasing actress in me would not stand up for an advocate for my child on set uh and would be like, well, but I know that like they, they need to get their shot and like here's what we're going to do. Like, we can, we can get through this. Yeah. And like every, like my husband and my family, everybody was like, you do know that wouldn't happen, right? Like you yeah. do know you, you're better than that. Not better than that, but like, you're not giving yourself enough credit. You right. would, if he was not having it, you'd be like, we're done. We're not, we can't get this. Right. Like I will do as much as I can to help you, but we're, my child point. can't yeah. do this. Goodbye. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So I was, I would think that was another thing that kind of held me back on it too. 
You were worried about yourself. I didn't want to get it wrong for him. And so, and I could just tell from his personality that he wasn't going to be cool with going into auditions and what is this and I've never taken him to auditions I took him once to one audition and he was out with a friend he didn't do well what do you uh, mean like he like he went in the stroller uh mm-hmm. and was just in the little like car seat stroller and my friend had him out in like the lobby or actually outside of the casting facility altogether and he uh-huh. just didn't handle it well like he was crying and upset and uh, how old was so he he was probably like six months eight months okay. maybe i don't remember exactly but it didn't it didn't go particularly well and i was like i can't concentrate i'm yeah. in here and i'm not really in here i'm out there right so it I figured out very early on that like okay well I have to make sure that I that I find childcare every for every audition which then I do think held me back for a long time because anytime my phone would ding and it was an audition I would panic yeah and I was never worried about the actual audition I was just like I have to find childcare okay what if so-and-so's not available what if the, what if I can't get this what if I can't because at the time Michael was working my husband was working it was in production but it was a bigger job so it was like he was gone basically like nine to five because originally when we kind of got into this I was like well we both have very flexible hours for our stuff we both basically work from home so if I ever get auditions you're on and if you have stuff I'm right. on and like that's just how we'll make this work and then this thing came up and all of a sudden he was gone all day and I was like oh, I'm truly stay-at-home mom and I need to be finding people and stuff like that. And I hadn't wanted to do daycare and then I finally ended up doing daycare and it was the best thing I did because a week later I booked a job. (laughs) (laughs) So because just like your mindset is freed and you're like, oh, I I have, I can do this. Like I have time. And, and it just, like, opened up a whole new doors for me. And I was like, oh, okay, I can. My brain said yes again to this. And all of a sudden, things started happening again. Financially, how is that decision to do daycare versus paying for sitters, like, as you go? Well, financially, that works out way better in our favor to do... For the limited jobs, I'm not... I don't book a ton. Yeah. So, like, and especially now... Usually then Michael can be at home. We can work it out. We can get a sitter to cover some time. Uh, and also our daycare is very, very reasonably priced. Okay. Um, so getting to do, now we do five mornings a week um, to kind of get ramped up for preschool, which will start in August, um, and get him ready for a little bit longer, yeah. more five-day-a-week mornings. But yeah, it's that. Now we use that. We okay. use the daycare that we have, and he stays for a full day if, because like the other day we both went off and did headshots together and um we ended up putting them in for a full day and that was the easiest thing to do rather than hiring a sitter much cheaper (laughs) because i'm i'm now at the point where i'm like the momentum is happening in such a way that it's like well sienna's gonna start preschool at the Mm co-op so i'll have like nine to noon Mm -hmm. where i don't have to worry about her Mm -hmm. but i still have to worry about elio yeah and he's only six months and i don't i don't know if i want to put him in a daycare type situation but i also know that i can't keep spending the amount of money that i'm spending on child care yeah so between the month of june and this month Mm -hmm. and august Mm -hmm. i'm going to take all of the money because I pay everybody on Venmo, so yeah. I know exactly how much I've spent on yeah. childcare, and I'm going to add it up, and yeah. I'm going to average how much I spend a month, yeah, and then cross-reference it with some daycares, yeah. Just because I feel like maybe it would be more cost-effective to do the daycare, yeah. But another part of me feels like, well, if I'm if I don't have an audition, then I want to be with him, yeah, exactly. And I don't want to feel like I have to send him because I've already paid for it, yeah, yeah. So. It's really hard decision for me yeah. right now. And then also just like I feel a lot more protective or aware of how little time I have with him while yeah. he's small because he yeah. is my last one. Yeah. I just feel like I need to, I don't know, like yeah. hold on to every yeah. little moment that I, I can. I and I get, that. I don't know, it freaks me out. But again, it also, I know that I'm not being the best mom to him when I'm stressed out about finances because mm-hmm. I've had you know, two or three or even four auditions in a week. Mm-hmm. And at 20 bucks an hour, that's, that's more than a $100 oh, yeah. a week. That adds up fast. Yeah. yeah. You said he was eight months? 
How old was he? When he started daycare. Pre- daycare. Uh, he started daycare at 18 months. Okay. Makes me feel a little better. Yeah. No, six months is very early, especially, like, I was not ready to do it before then. And, you know, I probably used him as the excuse of, like, he's not ready to do, it's like, no, I was not ready. Yeah. Even at 18 months, I think intellectually, I was like, okay, we're going to start looking into this. And I still was like, I don't know if I can do it, because I was in your same shoes of, well, but I don't really need it. Right. And like I've said in previous episodes, I do take the kids to auditions when I can. Yeah. And Sienna is more than happy to sit on her iPad, but I don't like the idea of not having eyes on her. Yeah. So I don't like the idea of leaving her in the lobby while I go into the room. Yeah. And Elio is at an age where he'll sit in his car seat, but he is getting more vocal now. And you can't tell a baby to be quiet. Yeah. It does not work. No. No. They're usually like, I'm going to be louder now. Yeah. So, and I would feel comfortable leaving them out in the lobby with another friend or whatever. Like, I have an audition tomorrow. I'm going to but my friend, she's just going to go with me, yeah. stay with the kids, and yeah. it's fine. But that doesn't always happen, and because childcare is her business, I still have to pay her for her time. Yeah. So, I don't... Are you on LA Actor Parent on I Facebook? Am. Okay, because mm-hmm. sometimes people can just post being like, I'm going to be at 200 South of Bray, anybody else going to be around? Yeah. And sometimes it I posted yesterday out. for the audition today, and I didn't hear anything back, mm-hmm. and... The audition was here in uh, Sherman Oaks, and so it was like 10 minutes away, so I just got a babysitter for an hour. Yeah. Still, it's 20 bucks. Still, 20 bucks. Yeah, it adds up. Yeah, so tomorrow I was happy that my friend is available, but again, another 20 bucks. And then if I get callbacks for these auditions, then I'm probably looking at spending close to $100 this week. Yeah. Just in childcare. Yeah. For for, for the chance a, for to chance. possibly yeah. maybe get yes. to make some money that I then also have to pay to get. But let me tell you, when I went yeah. to the audition today, there was a woman who was coming. Okay, so the reason why I got childcare today, because it was a commercial audition, which mm-hmm. I normally would just take them and be like, fuck it. Yeah. Is because they had said specifically in the breakdown that we could not adjust our times because we were grouped together in these oh, okay. scenes. And they gave the breakdown of the other characters that I would be playing with. Mm-hmm. So I knew that these are going to be group scenes and I would want to be focused, even though it was a commercial audition, yeah. it was still a script. So I got the childcare. So when I got there, a woman came out with the, her group of people and she had her baby in her car seat. And I was like, good on you. Yeah. There was another woman in the waiting room who had a toddler about Sienna's age. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I was like, oh, I wish I knew you would have been here because we could have just watched each other's kids while we went in the room. And I told her about mm-hmm. L.A. actor parents. And hopefully she'll join because if we're going to be called into the same things. Yeah. Yeah. Latina moms, then, yeah. <clears throat> then we can, yeah. yeah. So I feel like we're growing the community. Yeah. And that we'll get to a point where we can post. But I had that post up yesterday for a good amount of time. And you didn't hear anything? And, but I didn't hear anything. And then also I just get anxiety. So yeah, I, no, I text I like 15 people. Yeah, yeah and in the like same way. The first person who says they're available, I just give them the job. Yeah. It would be nice to get it to a point where... There is going to be at least one person around somewhere within the hour, half hour yeah. of when your time is, is when yeah. their time is, and we can grow this network to be yeah even bigger. That would be cool. That would be awesome. Yeah. So creatively, do you think that you are, do you think that you do more or you do less or you do different? I definitely know that I do more now creatively. Really? Uh, yes, because I got to a place, um, I had been doing a, a very loose, I use this term very loosely, but animated stand-up comedy series called Schlurbitz that I started in 2011, which was basically I took sort of stand-up comedy that I was doing, little bits that I would write, and then I would animate them. But it was, I use that term very loosely because I am not an artist. Uh, (laughs) And I was basically using like an MS Paint type of program to kind of just make these crude little drawings that would kind of illustrate the point I was trying to make or like add to the comedy. So I did that for a couple of years and then kind of took a big break from it and was like, this isn't, I'm not doing this really anymore at all. But then after Hollison was born in 2017, so we're coming up on a year, like nine months a year, I was like, I have these ideas for little sketches that I want to do, but they're all live action, but I want to do them. And I think I can figure out how to do them and I'm going to do it. And what so do you I ended mean up by live action? Live action, so like people. 
not animated. Not like, oh, I'm going to write this bit and then draw the pictures to go with it. Oh, got um, it. It was literally just like me as an actor. Okay. And coming up with, with these ideas of sort of, there were some commercials and some infomercials and a thing where I talked to my car. And I literally was just trying to come up with basically stuff that I knew I could shoot by myself on my own. Because I knew I would have like maybe two hours while he was napping and I wanted to do something. And you can't just, you can't set a schedule with other actors being like, come over between 12.30 and 12.45 because maybe he'll be asleep by then. But then he might not. So maybe we should just have to scrap the whole thing. So I don't know. Uh, Like you can't, you can't do that to other people. And so I was like, what can I do by myself? Oh, and one of the first ideas I had was, oh, I can sit in my car and talk to my car and have, like, do a computer voice, literally just use my Mac to make that computer voice that basically sounds like Siri, Mm -hmm. um, and have her say lines, and I'll just record my half and then cut it together. And I ended up doing a bunch of these, and they've been really fun. That's so fun. Um, yeah. So, and then I have other other bits too that uh, my husband helped me on on some of them in the beginning, and and now I pretty much I do everything by myself. I'm a one woman show. But yeah, that picked up after Hollison. Yeah. That picked up because I was like, I need something to fulfill me creatively, and I know I have a limited amount of time in my day, but. I need to do something and I need to be creative. And I feel like having a kid focused my energy and my time because I was like, well, I only have this amount of time. Yeah. I don't have like, oh, I have all day. I could do anything. Like, I could could go to the gym or I could do this or I could shoot something or I could, like, when you have all the time in the world, you're like, I could, eh, I don't have to do anything. I could just do that tomorrow. Yeah. But, like, if you have a limited amount of time, you get to work. Is what I feel like. So that's I'm what like, that's at least what happened to me. I'm so amazed by you because <laughs> I am not a one woman person. I'm like, uh, okay, David, you take the kids mm-hmm. while I go do this thing, this collaboration with people. Yeah. Because I don't think I even know how to create on my own. Okay. And also, I love sleep so much. Yeah. Yeah. I will not give up my naps with the no. kids yeah. for anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. unless you're paying me to be on set yeah. or I have an audition, which is an opportunity to be on set. Yeah. I am angry if I don't nap. Yeah. But also, like, it's really, really hard for me to do anything creatively if I'm in my home environment. Yeah. It is really hard. Yeah. So most of the time that means that I have to call on David to Mm -hmm. take over and Mm -hmm. really like you got a single parent for the night because I gotta go do whatever yeah or like even um editing or anything like from the business side like I have to go to a cafe or I have to go do something because I can't I can't do it at home I get so distracted yeah so I think that's amazing that you're able to still focus it took time and it's still a balance and it's still it's still difficult because there are times when I'll be working on something and and I'll still I'll hear like he's getting upset about whatever the thing is and and my husband's on it like you can take care of it it's totally fine but there is that like part of me that like knee-jerk reaction that's like I could just go with no nope just let it be yep focus here or like yeah especially if you're in your own home and you're like well I could just switch the laundry or I could just do this or I mean should I work on that should I should I be selfish and write for two hours or should I clean the house and you know figure out dinner and do that kind of like it's a balance and it took switching my brain and actually making the conscious choice to prioritize that and Mm -hmm. to put myself first and to be then uncomfortable with that for a little bit and to be like I'm uncomfortable with the fact that I have not done the dishes yet and I'm sitting down to write and that feels very uncomfortable and I should not be doing this and this is bothering (laughs) me but I'm gonna sit here and do it anyway and I would start doing it and and the dishes still got done right like the house still functions everything is fine yeah like mine isn't so much the house clearly we're in my home (laughs) clearly it's not so much the house Mine is, like, not spending time with the kids. Yes. Yeah. And then, or I'm with the kids all the time. And so, like, in the evenings, it's the only time I get with my husband. Yeah. 
So I feel yeah. like I am them choosing my work over him. Yeah. And then especially if he doesn't really have anything to work on and he's just like sitting on the couch watching yeah. me yeah. work, yeah. I feel awful because I'm ignoring him. Yeah. And it's the only time of the day. We only get like maybe an hour a day that right. we get to see each other. Right. So it gets hard. Like on the weekends, it's easier for me to go away to a cafe for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. But during the week, I find it really difficult. Yeah. Because I feel like that. it's the only time. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah, I went through the whole thing of when I was with Hollison, I'd be, you know, hanging out and doing things and then like wanting to go and work or wanting to do, like you kind of get yeah. tired of it. You oh, love yeah. it, but you're like, I'm exhausted. I want to be doing something other than baby things right. or toddler things like right. I, I'm drained I'm exhausted you know I want to go do something fun and creative for myself and then as soon as I'd get off to do something you know like <laughs> funny creative him. I'd be like but I feel bad that I left him in daycare and it's yeah. not right I shouldn't have done that and like, yeah. yeah it's such a catch-22 and Mom like guilt. there's no win yeah yeah it's both ways for me it's it's like I'm playing with them and then I'm like, oh, but I got to do this work. I got to do that work because I have like several side gigs yeah. that I mostly manage from my phone. Sienna's like, mommy, can you put your phone down? Oh, and I'm Hallison like, says the same thing. Oh, God. It breaks my heart. It does. Yeah. It, and it's not like I'm scrolling Facebook, like I'm doing work. Yeah. Or if I'm on the computer and I'm trying to send emails or trying to figure out a babysitter or whatever. Yeah. And she's just like, mommy, can you look at me? Can you read this yeah. to me? Could you play yeah. with me? And I'm like, I want to, but I also want to be a human yeah. being yeah. outside of just being your mom. So yeah. if you just give me a second. Yeah. And she's wonderful and she yeah. does. But um, it just doesn't make you feel any better. No. It actually, I wonder if it kind of makes me feel a little bit worse because she's so conditioned yeah. right now. She does go off and play by herself without Aww. me. Yeah. The balance, I feel like no matter how good you get at balancing it all, it's still going to hurt your feelings. Yeah. It's still going to hurt their feelings. Yeah. Everybody's just yeah. going to be sad. Yeah. How do you guys, like, balance, though, who gets to do what creatively? Especially, like, because being creative is expensive. Yeah. So how do you guys take those turns? Yeah, and it is, it it can be difficult. I would say that it kind of goes by where the money is coming from, but also that a lot of my stuff is me. So, like, Schlerbitz is all me, right? So if I decide that I'm pushing by a week or I don't get this episode edited or whatever the thing is, like, not a whole lot happens. I personally prioritize his thing. Now, you know, I don't know necessarily that he feels that way or anything, but I, and and it's not that he's been like, um, my stuff is more important than yours because I work with other people. Right. He has not, like, that is not at all what I'm saying. I'm saying that I somehow still prioritize the things that he does because he is working with other people. He is making money more at what he's doing than I am, certainly. (laughs) Uh, Unless he, like, you know, the, the times when it, when it shifts is when, like, I book a job and it's a, you know, national network commercial and I'm like well I'm gonna go be on set and we have to figure this out and you're gonna have to like we can put Hollison in daycare all day but I am gonna need you to pick him up and drop him off like that's just what what's gonna have to happen and he's always like yeah of course I mean obviously you have to go do the job so but those are the times when I although I'm getting better I would say at asking for you know the time that I want or that I need and and certainly since that big job that he was on where he was going nine to five is over and it's more here and there and he then has to travel for work sometimes when he can just when I can take my time I do so like I was like hey this week Nadia wants to record this podcast on Tuesday is that cool and he was like yeah sure go ahead yeah fine I was super interested because David works a corporate job even though it is creative and I'm in this side of it so even just financially we have to take turns so like he really likes doing jujitsu I really love doing yoga, mm-hmm. but with time, we yeah. both can't do those things. Yes. Yeah. So in order for us to both stay physically fit, he gets to do jujitsu, mm-hmm. which stimulates his body and mind, mm-hmm. which allows him to perform better at work, be mm-hmm. in better health. And then I have to settle for just the regular old gym. Yeah. 
where I can like take the kids with me and I don't get to do yoga, but it's like a sacrifice that I have to make in a way or a compromise that mm-hmm. we have come to where it's like, okay, he gets to do the more expensive thing and he gets to go and do that by himself because he is doing the corporate job yeah. that is making yeah. the money. Yeah. And yes, I do have to take the kids with me to the gym, but I can afford to put them in that child, that child or care yeah. or whatever, kids club. Um, and then I can work out even though it's not the workout that I want to be doing. Yeah. And that's just what we're going to do for now yeah. until both kids are in school and then I can take the yoga class because we can't yeah. afford yoga and babysitting. Yeah. And then when it comes to headshots or shooting additional material for my reel and all that stuff, it's always kind of a conversation that him and I have to have where it's like, okay, how much money can we put aside for those things? Right. And what else do we have to do first? Right. And I don't know how we would manage it if he also had to do headshots yeah. and do a reel. Yeah. And you know, with headshots, it's not just the photo, the photo oh, session. No. It's like uploading and retouching and thank goodness David knows Photoshop so he retouches my headshots for free excellent but it can be a thousand dollars for headshots even if you take them for relatively cheap it still could be a thousand dollars depending on how much money if you're getting wardrobe or whatever makeup everything everything yeah so just navigating that with somebody who's not in the creative world Mm -hmm. it kind of blows my mind how dual creative two actor how household manages okay if you both need headshots who goes first or do you wait until you both can afford them at the same time we actually ended up doing a tandem session so like it was was cheaper cheaper? yes it was cheaper for both of us to shoot with the photographer she has like a better rate if there's two people because you're basically like i shoot with you then i shoot with you then i shoot with you you're changing your wardrobe you're getting makeup touched up or whatever and like Uh that kind of stuff and it, it ended up being cheaper than for each of us to do it individually. So and and then we also got a real couple shot out of it too. Yeah. So you end up getting more uh, out of it. But like you're right. Like my agent, you know, wanted to put six pictures up, and I'm like, you do know that the cost per picture that you put up online, and like, yeah. but like these days they're like, well, we just want like everything online. It's you know like, what's okay, funny? Great. My <laughs> agent picked eight photos. My manager oh, picked three. Wow. And I was like, and, there, and there's, there's no none overlap. Of them are the nope. Same. Nope. Never. That'd be way too easy. No. Perfect. No. But also, like, agent, why can't you be like a manager? Why can't you just pick three? But, I mean, I appreciate them liking them. But, like, you didn't have to pick one of every single look I did. Yeah. Yeah. So, but when that stuff does come up, do you guys then wait to be able to do it together to renew your materials? Um, not necessarily. He wanted to. Uh, he he hadn't shot headshots in a really long time, uh, and he had really wanted to do it. And I was like, I think I'm due roughly. So I kind of because I already knew this photographer, I kind of was like, Hey, let's do this together. She has a better rate. Let's just go ahead and and do it. So you truly do Schlerbitz, like, by yourself. You never yes. ask him to help you? Well, so he has helped me on a few. He is in one of them that I directed him in, and then one where there was, like, movement and lighting and stuff that, like, he actually did direct and DP yeah. and things like that. But the rest of it, like, I realized that it was a more fun branding choice and sort of overall, I don't want to say gimmick because that makes it sound juvenile cheap. or something yeah. or cheap, but it was kind of interesting if it literally was just all me. There is no budget. That's it. That's all. Cool. Well, thank you. That was really fun. Thank you. It was kind of long.